This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field, going back Hernandez at the track, right to the wall, gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field, Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone! Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Commander, this is an, a, a, an honest question. When we have this new voice, did a great job, our new liners. Do you think if you actually asked her what OPS Plus is, would she have an answer? I'm going to say absolutely. I think if you ask anybody uh, that doesn't work in around the game of baseball, they have no idea what OPS or OPS Plus is. Uh, so I figured I'd change it up. I figured, what, what are we using? It was uh, launch angle. Uh, most people don't know what launch oh, angle love is. Oh, launch angle. So I figured, let's do something different. We talk about OPS Plus now, and maybe when we read it, when I write a new one, it'll be ERA Plus or uh, winning, uh, uh, was it? Uh, Weighted runs created. created. Plus or uh, winning probability added. That's a big one that Brian Kennedy's, Brian Kennedy's all over now. We'll talk about <laughs> uh, Bryce Harper and winning the MVP. So that's a new uh. one. Matt Olson, fifth. We, we will be going to Philly today. My good friend Kevin Franzen is going to be by the program. We're going to have him on at 2.15. Then Tom Hamilton, the legendary voice from the Cleveland Indians, will be at 2.30, as this is the last year that we can call them the Indians. Because after this, it is going to be the Cleveland Guardians. I wonder what that change has been like. Because it's already on the schedule. When the uh, new schedule came out, it now says Guardians and doesn't say Indians. But the number one thing that matters for today is one thing. Five and one. That's the only thing that matters. Would you agree, Commander? Uh, I thought you were going to say all that matters is that A.J. Puck's back. I mean, I'm pretty excited about that. But, yeah, the five and one is very exciting with that with the new lineup. Uh, we saw the sweep over the – do we call them the the helpless Texas Rangers? Uh, <laughs> uh, besides Isaiah Connor Falefa, I mean, who do we really even know that's on the Rangers anymore? Nobody. Uh, yeah, Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy are now pitching for the Rangers. Uh, Joey Gallo's the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, the Phillies. Uh, Joey Gallo's not doing much yet for the Yankees. I broke down his numbers uh, in relation to how how well Starling Marte's doing for uh, the A's. By, by the way, who was the one announcer? That after Joey Gallo went off against the Athletics, people called into his show and said, you got to trade for Joey Gallo. And I said, I don't want that guy at all. Who was that guy? I believe it was you that said that. Uh, Joey Gallo in 11 games with the Yankees, uh, hitting 167, one home run, three RBIs. And uh, he's only struck out 19 times in those uh, 11 games. Where's Greg in San Luis Obispo now? (laughs) Everybody wanted get. Remember, Gallo had that huge series against the A's, and everybody wanted Gallo. I'm like, you do not want another strikeout guy in your lineup. You do not want that kind of player. Starling has been exactly. He's like, 
Remember how Tommy Lestella kind of changed the lineup? But Tommy Lestella is not the player that Starling Marte is. Let's be honest. What the dynamic he has brought from a standpoint of he's got the highest batting average since the All-Star break. Is that correct? Yeah, that yeah. I believe it is. And it just for X matter at bats, obviously. Yeah, you yeah. Um, he can run. Tommy Lestella couldn't run like this guy. Tommy Lestella played second base. He's not a center fielder. The A's knew they had a problem. And it happens in baseball, but you know, and we'll talk to David Force about it, and he may not even want to bring it up, but um, you know in advance when a guy's going to get su- get suspended for failing a PED test. You know. So now, now it all, don't you think, kind of makes sense why the A's were so aggressive and why the A's gave up Jesus Lazardo? Yeah. They knew yeah. they had a major problem. Yeah, and, and Lazardo's last start against the uh, the Rockies, not good. He went, he didn't pitch very long, gave up seven runs. Of course, but in nine games with the A's, here's this give me I'll let you give you, give you a couple numbers on Starling Marte. Uh 425 average, uh, 625 slugging percentage. Uh, a 205 OPS plus. There's that number, 205 OPS plus. 205 is two, 205, folks, is incredible. The league average is uh, 100, so he's doubled yeah, that. He's a 205. And That's not, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, and 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 he has a one he has a one WAR in nine games. If you average it out to 162 games, uh, that's an 18 WAR. That's an 18 WAR in 162 games. <laughs> he's playing better than Mike Trout. Uh, yeah, Mike Trout's. A lot of people are saying he's the greatest player of all time already, and he's just turned 30 the other day. Uh, and I went back and looked at some of the other guys moved. We talked about Gallo; he was one. He's only hitting 167. Chris Bryant was probably the biggest position player moved. In eight games with the Giants, he's hitting 323. His one homer, three RBIs. Anthony Rizzo, nine games prior to being put on the COVID IL with the Yankees, hitting 281, three homers, six RBIs. Javier Baez in nine games with the Mets, 176, two homers, three RBIs, and 13 strikeouts. I believe he limped off the field the other day. Uh, Kyle Schwarber hasn't even played yet for the Red Sox. Trey Turner's only played in a few games for the Dodgers. And Adam Frazier at the Padres is hitting is hitting 302, no homers, one RBI and a below-league average OPS. So so what you're saying is the A's won the trading deadline. As of right now, I would say they have. I mean, a guy that's pulling up a war that if you do over 162 games is 18, uh, that's pretty remarkable. So the fan base that complains about ownership, that complains about management, actually took on salary and made some pretty bold moves, and now you are claiming they won the trade deadline. Where are all the fans with this now? Where are you? Because it's pretty, you know, what they did was they changed the lineup. When you add three new bats, I haven't seen. Is Jan Gomes in the lineup today? Please tell me he is. Uh, the lineup was out. Let me pull it up. I, um, And, and the, all the excitement about A.J. Puck being back, I forgot to, to double check the lineup. I know that uh, I know that Mark Hanna is leading off and Starling Marte is hitting second. It's Canna, Marte, Olsen, Lowry, Josh Harrison, Sean Murphy, Seth Brown, Chapman, Elvis Andrews. So there's your lineup really? today. Yeah, John against Gomes is not in the lineup. No, against uh, Tristan McKenzie, the young right-hander for the Cleveland Indians slash Guardian slash Naps slash uh, Spiders slash whatever they are uh, baseball team. The Indians still this year, and so that's the lineup. I'm today. I, I'm just gonna be 
brutally honest, I don't like that. To me, I think Jan Gomes has to play. I think you got to put your best bats in the lineup. You may love Murph, that's fine, but Jan Gomes is a better offensive player. I think you sh- I think he should be in the lineup. I think he's a veteran veteran enough guy to be able to ha- to handle the staff. I don't get that. Sean Murphy's hitting what? 220? I know he had a hit the other day and I know he had two RBIs. He's still hitting 220. You're not winning in the postseason, and, and, and that's going to be actually, too, one of the tough conversations we're going to have to have about Matt Chapman. What's he hitting, 213? Yeah, and he leads. And uh, I haven't looked since over the weekend, but when I last looked, he was leading baseball in strikeouts. Um, that's not a good a good thing to lean in. You're not going to win playoff series with with guys in the lineup hitting under 220. It's just not going to happen. I mean, there, there's going to have to be a really tough conversation about these guys. As much as you love them, and they say you're they're your guys, if you're going to go in with, okay, you got nine batters, and two of them basically their stats say they're an easy out. So out of the nine, and and as much as Elvis has been better, but his numbers still remain low, I mean, the numbers say you're an easy out. Am I being too harsh there? No, and you're right. Chapman was hitting is hitting 213. His OPS plus, as we threw that number out with Marte, his is 205, double the league average of 100. Um, Matt Chapman's is 88, so he's below league average right now. Now, yes, he has 14 home runs, but he's striking out at an alarming rate. Uh, I'm trying to see where he. I'm gonna. I'll find where he is in the uh, the overall scope of baseball if he's still leading the league because Javier Baez is right up there with him. But it, it wasn't well, and, good. And, and you know what I don't like? I don't like the – and that the same thing for Murphy is the same thing with Chapman, right? It's like, well, he has X amount of home runs. A lot of those are solo. Yeah, uh, Murph, Murph has 10 solo home runs. Three of them are two-run homers. He's hitting 322 with runners in scoring position. Zero, zero of them are uh, – home runs. So he has zero home runs and 29 runs driven in with uh, runners in scoring position. But the 322 average is nice. Uh, and I just saw, I have it right here, Matt Chapman 146 strikeouts on the year that is leading Major League Baseball. Javier Baez and Joey Gallo are tied for second at 144. So He leads all of baseball in strikeouts? Yes. Followed by Baez, Gallo, Eugenio Suarez of the Reds, and they'll look now fifth is the potential AL MVP Shohei Otani at 131 strikeouts as well. But I'll take I'll take his 131. Yeah, his uh his uh, OPS but everything is, else that he does. Yeah, his OPS is only a whopping 1,015. Yeah. <laughs> where when you look at Eugenio Suarez of the Reds, his WAR is negative 2.5, negative 2.5. This is a guy that hit 49 home runs in 2019. He has almost a negative three WAR for the Reds. Coming up next. We're heading to Philadelphia. 
They're red hot. The fighting fills. We'll talk about with our buddy Kevin Franz and next right here on A's Cast Live. A's fans, join us for the biggest music festival in the fall. It's the inaugural Battle Axe and Tracks Music Festival held October 2nd and 3rd in Carson City, Nevada. Grammy Award nominees Kenny Wayne Shepard, Larkin Poe, Samantha Fish, and North Mississippi All-Stars are just four of the 15 acts. Festival activities also include axe throwing and freedom rail bike tours. Tickets on sale now with VIP two-day and single-day tickets available. Check out the full schedule at BattleAxeAndTracks.com. That's BattleAxeAndTracks.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Don't look now, but the Philadelphia Phillies are in first place. They've won eight in a row. They went all in at the deadline. Is Franny calling us or are we calling him? I'm calling him right now. Ah, the 408. You can take the kid out of the 408. Kevin Franz, and former big leaguer, now a broadcaster for the Philadelphia Phillies. One of the all-time great San Jose State Spartans. Big series big against series. the Dodgers. Bellerman Bells. I wonder if he's in the voice message system four zero eight. Wow. Wow. I mean, wow. wow. We, we're getting big time by Franny. I mean, I know the Dodgers, I know the Dodgers are in town. He's probably talking to wow. Joe Davis, but probably talking to Oral and Joe. I mean, it's, it's a bigger deal, but Bryce Harper's Bryce Harper, the MVP. Uh, I've been hearing people talk about that. I'm a big Bryce Harper guy. I've been hearing people talk about Harper. Well, I, hey, wait, wait, would, would you, would you say this? Because of Shohei Otani, no one's even talking about the National League MVP. He's become that big. Like, everything has been about Otani or Vlad Jr. I mean, you think of the year Matt Olson is having. He's not, No one's even mentioning him. That's how tough it is to win the MVP this year. They're not even talking about the National League. Yeah, I, T- Tatis is probably the runaway, and he's probably going to come back. And your theory of him playing in the outfield might come true. He's been taking he's been taking reps out in the outfield. So he's, he's brutal at short. I mean, if you're trying to keep that shoulder healthy, the best option might be to have him play in the outfield because he well, has I the think, arm. I think your best option to win is to have him play in the outfield because he's not good defensively. And they've brought that. I mean, this is this is this is nothing new. When he was coming up, there was the thought that Fernando Tatis Jr. would have to move positions. You know, unless you did like a Marcus Simeon where you like completely break him down and redo everything mechanically and change him, he is a liability in the field. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to, I mean, the bat's got to be in the lineup. It's just where you're going to put him. And the reality is the best shortstop on the team is playing third base. Manny Machado is still legit. They have four guys that can play at shortstop. They have Kim, Machado, uh, Jake Cronenworth, who I didn't know was a closer at Michigan. And then you have Adam Frazier, who's played shortstop, I think, one game for the Pirates. So you have four guys that can fill in for Tatis. Cronenworth was a pitcher? Apparently he was a closer at Michigan. Uh, I didn't know that. He was Mark Kotze? 
Uh, yeah, that's what I heard uh, BK say on MLB Now yesterday. So you got four guys that can fill in for Tatis. You throw him in the outfield, and then your outfield could be uh, Trent Grisham, who won a, uh, a gold glove last year. You can move him to one of the corner outfields. And then you can put Tatis in center, and you can have Will Myers or Tommy Pham play right. Now, Tommy Pham's a below-average defensive outfielder this year if you look at defensive run saved, but all their other guys are pretty, are pretty good. So uh, you can have it work, and then there you go. Where's Franny? I texted him telling him that was us. I'll, I'll try calling him again, but. All right, call him again. He said he was good to go earlier. I don't know. The 408 is nothing. Nothing. Wow, wow. Nice producing. Uh, that's, uh, hey, I texted him at 10, 11 o'clock. He got back to me at, 11, at noon. Yep, good to go. Maybe he's talking to Joe Girardi. I don't know. It is someone, It is one of the Phillies' birthdays. Well, I'll tell you this. They were one of the teams that people are like, are they going to be buyers or are they going to be sellers? And they became buyers. And you look at what the Phillies are doing right now, have won an eight in a row. I mean, the Mets are tanking right now. The Mets didn't get much done at the deadline other than Baez. And what would you say? He's hitting a buck 60-something. And then they weren't able to sign their number one pick, the uh, Kumar kid out of a Vanderbilt. And now they're falling out of first place. Steve Cohen and the Mets aren't looking real good right now. Since the All-Star break, the Mets are averaging 3.7 runs per game. They have a two, they're hitting 223 with runners in scoring position. And they have a, a 726 team OPS. Uh, that's not very good. The only guy they don't have in their lineup is Francisco Lindor. Now... I mean, he's a pretty big piece, but he wasn't having that good of a year. I mean, he was hitting in the low 200s before, you know, before he got hurt. So it's not like he was putting up monster numbers for a Mets team that was setting the world on fire with their offense. Their offense is stunk. The only guy hitting for them is Pete Alonso. That's really about it. Jeff McDeal is having down near. Michael Conforto is having a down near. James McCann has not really been the guy they were looking for when they gave him that contract as a catcher. Uh, Nimmo's not really been there for them. They really haven't gotten the production they thought they were going to get out of these guys. Their pitching's been good, but other than that, that's it. Where, where, where's your guy, the greatest pitcher of all time, Jacob Degrom? Where's he? He's hurt, but he's but he was the greatest pitcher where's when he? he but he was when he's pitching. He was good. He can't carry the team every every five days. Yeah, he's the best guy to not throw over two hundred innings. He's the best. He's amazing. He's amazing. I mean, well, what? What is the most, what was like 215 is the most innings he's ever pitched? And remember, DeGrom's not young. He's 32. He's like 32 years old, yeah. I'm going to say 217 is the most he's ever pitched. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, the most innings ever pitched by DeGrom is, you're right, 217. 217, that's it? Are you kidding me? How many wins did he have that year? Hey, how many times? Hey, how many times has he gone over two hundred innings? I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna bet. I don't have it in front of me. I'm gonna bet maybe three. It was three. It's three. He did it. That's three. that's ridiculous. Uh, but how many? The year he had two hundred seventeen innings. How many? Uh, how many wins did he have that year? Thirteen. Ten. He was ten and nine with a one seventy ERA in two hundred seventeen innings. He had two hundred sixty nine strikeouts that year. And he had a two, what is it, uh, two eighteen ERA plus. So that's adjusted to the ballpark. So he get a, a double the league average for ERA for the ERA plus. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the average innings were? 
Uh, it starts that year. I can. I mean, I can actually look, but six. Let's see, that was that was year he won his first Cy Young Awards. So that was twenty eighteen. Uh, let's see. So basically, he's out early, and everybody else has to get him to the finish line. Uh, every game he won at least seven. Every, everyone I'm looking, at was either between a lot of them were seven, eight, seven or eight. There's a couple, you know, there's a couple sixes in here. There's one game really want one inning. Must have got hurt. But there's a lot of sevens or eights. That's why he won 217 innings. DeGrom. I think DeGrom's so overrated, it's unbelievable. And now, what do you got? They're falling, Cody. They are falling, and, and he can't stay healthy. They're in third place. The Braves have passed them. At the trading deadline, where were they? Uh, they were leading the NL East. It looked like no. It looked like they had no chance of losing the division because the Braves didn't have any pitching. They had, you know, Acuna got hurt, and then the the Braves go out and get Richard Rodriguez from the Pirates. They get Eddie Rosario. They go out and they get Jorge Soler. Uh, they added Adam Duvall. They added all these guys at the deadline to bolster their lineup. Uh, Austin, your guy Austin Riley just keeps hitting home runs. And they look like a completely different team. The Phillies are playing so much better. Uh, I still think they're a little flawed, but they're because they're, I still don't trust their bullpen because their bullpen is still historically kind of bad. But, <laughs> but uh, ad- adding Ian Kennedy was a good move. I mean, he's he was really solid for the Rangers. And he, I mean, they gave up back to back to back home runs to the Mets the other day, and they still won. That just shows you how bad the Mets are and just how good the Phillies are going right now. If they give up back, to back to back home runs in the ninth inning, and they still won the game. So, the Met, the Phillies bullpen still not good. The Mets are just a lot worse. Well, in the Mets, when you're trading for Baez because you think that's going to turn Lindor around, because you sign a guy to a three hundred million plus contract, and he's not he's not living up to to the deal. So you got to trade for Baez to help this player. I mean, you talk about a train wreck in the NL East. The Mets are a train wreck. And this is not getting any better. And to think that they were in first place of the trading deadline, and then now, let me see, they're now just a game over 500. So while the Phillies have won eight in a row, the Mets have just gone two and eight in their last 10 games. Yeah. That is brutal. Yeah. Or. What they've gone two and eight, and the Phillies have won eight in a row. So it just shows you a complete tailspin that the Mets are on. And Steve Cohen tweeted out before they they faced Zach Wheeler. He goes, "I won the clubhouse. The guys are in good spirits." Why would you tweet that out? Why would you go in the clubhouse before facing Zach Wheeler, the guy that you let walk away? Well, not him, but the Wilpons let walk away, and then you get down. He goes and just shoves it to you. Uh, like how? Like when you think about it as fans, how much do you want your owner involved? Uh, well, that goes back to the whole George Steinbrenner situation. That goes back to Al Davis. That goes back to Jerry Jones. That goes back to Mark Cuban. There's a lot of guys. How, how, how much do you want your owner to be involved? Uh, quickly, sorry. You're- Franny texted me. He said he, I asked him if he could do it with us at uh, 245. He said yes. He said he's really sorry. Well, what does that do for me now at 226? Well, we can get Tom Hamilton on, and then we'll then we'll call Franny. You're 0 for 1 right now, my friend. Uh, hey, hey. You're sw- 0 for 1. Swung on and belted will not 
will not leave us hanging. Trust uh, me. It, it, it is one of the great guys. I have actually been in the booth next to Tom Hamilton when 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 an Indian goes deep and he does that. It's awesome. Swung on and belted. I mean, he's screaming it. He's one of the Indians. He's one of the best of all time. He's been there for like 30. I want to say he's been there for 30 plus years now. Tom Hamilton of the Indians will join us next right here on A's Cast Live. A's fans, join us for the biggest music festival in the fall. It's the inaugural Battle Axe and Tracks Music Festival, held October 2nd and 3rd in Carson City, Nevada. Grammy Award nominees Kenny Wayne Shepard, Larkin Poe, Samantha Fish, and North Mississippi All-Stars are just four of the 15 acts. Festival activities also include axe throwing and Freedom Rail Bike Tours. Tickets on sale now with VIP two-day and single-day tickets available. Check out the full schedule at BattleAxeandTracks.com. That's BattleAxeandTracks.com. Hi, this is Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya has no hit the Red Sox. And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Did you make that Marty, that Marty Lurie promo just to make fun of me? Is that why you did that, Commander? No, I did it because you're a, you're a treasure to Oakland A's baseball. <laughs> That's what Marty, I mean, this no, the Steve Sparks one, I did make that to, to make fun of you. <laughs> yes. That one is to make fun of you, but this one I actually made because I know much it meant to you when Marty said that you're a treasure. So I wanted to make sure Mar- that Mar- Marty's the best. There's there, there's no one like him. And it's true. There's like certain people you say is that he's a baseball historian, Marty Lurie. Hello, Tom. How you doing, Chris Townsend with the Oakland A's? How are you, Chris? I'm doing wonderful. It's been a while since we last spoke. How's life treating you there? Well, it's hot, it's humid, but we're playing baseball. We're back traveling with the ball club, so everything is good and uh, just uh, happy to have a full season again. Wow, that's that that that's great to hear because I know there's only like 12 teams that are are traveling their, their radio crews. What's that been like for you to be back out on the road? Well, it's the only way you can do the game the right way. I mean, we all did what we had to do last year off television monitors and whatnot and made the best of a a tough situation. But uh, you can't broadcast a ball game properly that way. And, you know, you also lose complete contact with the ball club, with your players, with your coaching staff. So, you know, that ability now to, to get down there, talk to guys, try and get some stories that you can, you know, use during the broadcast other than, you know, here's the pitch and so-and-so's hitting such and such on a full moon every Tuesday. You know, it just, you just can't um, do the game properly that way, I don't think. So we're just very grateful to be back on the road. I know all of the guys wish they could be, and there are circumstances that are keeping some of the crews from traveling. And uh, I sympathize with them because, uh, the game was meant to be watched in person. And, you know, the, the beauty too, Chris, is you love going to these cities and you love going to these venues and you got the best seat in the house and you didn't have to pay for it. Well, yeah. I mean, recently, the, you know, the Hall of Famer, Eric Nadell, stopped by Ace Cast Live and, we, you know, he loves getting his Chinese food in, in San Francisco. <laughs> and he talked about being on a hike in Berkeley. And it was like, we, we miss seeing you guys because we haven't seen you in like two years. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it feels like we're back to normal, and uh, you know, you just hope our country continues to progress in the right way, and that uh, you know we can get beyond the COVID. Although 
it uh, is certainly rearing its ugly head once again. So, like I say, I'm just uh, very grateful that the Indians really pushed for us to be back traveling and to be with the ball club. And, um, you know, we don't have the kind of playoff team that we've been spoiled with over the last six years. But, uh, you know, if your rebuilding year means you're a 500 ball club, that's pretty good because what they don't want to be doing here is doing these teardowns to the studs where you lose 100-plus games for five years. And you do that and you, you lose a whole generation of fans. Yeah, I think, I mean, you're, you're dead on. I mean, if, if you're a team that's trying to rebuild, but you're doing it at a 500 clip, that's something we really haven't seen too much in the history of our game since, I mean, you think about all the years you've been doing games. If you're going to tell me I'm in rebuild mode and I'm 500, I take that every day of the week. Yeah, I I, I agree, Chris. And I, you know, I think the Oakland A's are another example of, you know, how well they've done it year in and year out. Yeah, there are some years that the A's don't make the playoffs or they have a rough season, but you don't see the Oakland A's go for an extended period of time where I don't want to say losing's accepted, but losing is acknowledged as part of a teardown. And, uh, you know, I think markets like Oakland and Cleveland, boy, that that's tough to tell your fans, Hey, we'll see you in five, six years. And we hope this thing works out. And I know it has worked for some ball clubs, Chris, but there are a lot of ball clubs that it hasn't worked for and a lot of ball clubs that have been doing it for a while that are still losing. So um, I, I say kudos to the Oakland A's and the Indians front offices because they've been very adept at, again, dealing with limited revenues, not having a $150, $200 million payroll. And yet when you have sharp people in your front office like the Indians and A's do, then you can somehow find a way to compete and as we know October is a roll of the dice you know we have seen it here firsthand that just get to October because Lord only knows what's going to happen but getting to October is the key and uh, certainly it looks like the A's will be there again for the Indians you know it'll be one of those years we don't make it well you make a great point if you're not trying to win uh, people will flip right to the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield so fast. You have no one, the right, no one will care come August, September. Football's right around the corner, and that kid's dynamic. Yeah, and it, uh, it, uh, we know how much of a juggernaut the NFL is. And uh, in a city like Cleveland, even when the Browns were going winless, um, it didn't seem to douse any of the fan interest. So, you know, that's the reality of being in a city that, you know, has such a passion for football. But, you know, I, I do think in a city like Cleveland, they have a passion for sports. And it is the smallest market in the major leagues in which you have a professional football team, an NBA team, and a major league baseball team. So, you know, it, it's pretty cutthroat for the entertainment dollar in a metro area the size of Cleveland. And, um, you know, the Browns obviously look like they're really good. The, the Cavaliers were good when they had LeBron James, but uh, they've been rebuilding ever since he left town for a second time. So, you know, it, it's very competitive in this market, but it's great sports fans, Chris, and what you don't want is apathy. And, uh, you know, people might be angry with you, like some people are because of the name change and whatnot, but you'd rather have that than people say, well, I don't care. Uh, no doubt about it. And, what was that like changing it? I mean, this is the, the Cleveland Indians have been around forever. 
Now you're going to be the Cleveland Guardians. How's that going for Cleveland? Uh, probably as you might expect, uh, Chris. I mean, when you've had a name like this for over 100 years and, you know, generations of fans have grown up as Indians fans, you know, there's a large segment of the population that if they don't understand it, they're not really accepting it. And I just think we have to be open-minded and we're in a world of change right now. And I thought the Indians did a great job as far as really getting together with a lot of Native American tribes around the country, not just in this area, but, you know, they, they really dug into this and wanted to hear from the people who are Native Americans. You know, it's, it's easy for me as a, a white person to say, well, the Indians aren't offensive. Well, that's not right. You know, that, that, that isn't right for me to say that. So I think you needed to talk to the people. They did. And the Native Americans spoke and they said, you know, we don't approve of it. And so thus, you know, our ownership, I thought, did the right thing. And in, in this day and age where that becomes such an issue, uh, you know, if you have a great baseball team, they're going to love you, whether you're the Guardians or the Indians. If your ball club isn't any good, uh, they're going to be unhappy no matter what your nickname is. And as the ownership said, look, we're not getting away from the memories of Indians fans or the great Indians players or the great years that have taken place in Cleveland Indians franchise history. You still have those memories, those statues out there of Lou Boudreaux and Frank Robinson and Larry Doby and Jim Tomey. Uh, those are Indians. That's not going to change. But, uh, you know, it's still going to be Cleveland. That's the most important part. You've got a baseball team. They're in the city of Cleveland. And, again, if you win, Chris, I think the Guardians will be accepted much quicker. And I, a, a large number of people love the name. But you're always going to, especially in today's day, hear more from the people that don't like it. You know, obviously we're missing two great Indians, and one of them is our very good friend Ray Fossey battling cancer, yeah. and Tito Francona, who is a part of the A's family, ha has stepped aside. Just just talk about how these two guys, what they mean to Cleveland, and, and it's sad they won't be a part of this series. Well, I, I have never met a finer man in any walk of life than Ray Fossey, and I'll say that right up front. I don't care if it's in the baseball world. It's in any walk of life. I haven't met a finer guy or a guy I respect more than Ray Fossey. And, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with Ray and his family and in his battle to, to defeat this, you know, just insidious disease. And it's not the same when you play the Oakland A's. If you don't see the smiling face of Ray Fossey and then have your hand crushed by him, when he shakes hands with you because he's still got the strength of a bear when he shakes your hand. And, uh, you know, it, it's not the same not having Ray around. And, uh, you know, he, he is a beloved Indian. Uh, people here know how great a player he was. They also realize how his career was impacted by Pete Rose in that all-star game. But I, I don't think there's a better ambassador for the game of baseball than Ray. And what I love about Ray is, he still loves the game and today's players. He's still down on the field. He's still relevant. He's still talking to today's players, and he doesn't live in the past. And uh, uh, because of that, his insight 
to the game is, you know, you can't replace that. So it, uh, again, I'm, I'm sure keeping him in our thoughts and prayers and, you know, the same with Tito, but it was time for Tito to get healthy. Um, we know now that this is not a ball club that's going to make the playoffs. And Tito, with the surgeries that he has to have, he's had the hip replacement in six weeks. He has to have a rod put in his big toe and his foot from which he had the staph infection from back in December. So those are long-term injuries as far as recuperation. And had he waited until the end of the season, he would not have been healthy and ready to go come spring training. So um, the Indians felt like this was the prudent thing to do, get Tito healthy, because, you know, there are not a lot of managers in my mind in this game that are clear difference makers in the dugout. And I'm not disparaging anyone when I say that, but there are certain guys that are elite when it comes to being major league managers and are difference makers. The Oakland A's have one in Bob Melvin. Uh, that's why they keep winning in addition to the front office. Bob Melvin's a difference maker when it comes game time. And I think Tito Francona is as good a manager as the game has ever seen. Yes, he won two World Series with the Boston Red Sox, but look what he's also done in a market the size of Cleveland where you don't have the revenue that you have in a Boston or a New York or an area like that. So, um, you know, Tito is as good as it gets. Uh, he creates a culture here. It's why this ball club contends year in and year out and why they keep playing the game the right way. And to your point, Chris, uh, you know, these are giants of the game, and, and we're losing too many of these guys. We need these guys in our game. Yeah, and let's end on this, because the last time I was in Cleveland, I went out with Ray to Heritage Park to his plaque, and mm -hmm. we did an interview from his plaque, and of course, the great Dwayne Kuyper was right next to him, that plaque, and and I, I think for our fans, you know, we know Ray won World Series with the Oakland Athletics, but I think... I. I I don't think our fans really understand, you know, he's one of the great Indians of all time. And on top of that, Chris, and you're dead on, if you take away that injury. Now, remember, after the All-Star game, he played the rest of that year with a broken shoulder. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we have guys going on the injured list now with much more minor injuries, and you never see him the rest of the year. He played with a broken shoulder. This guy was the American League's answer to Johnny Bench before that devastating injury. And he still had a tremendous career. And uh, again, he's, a, he's an even better person. Well, we always appreciate your time. I'm so glad you're back out on the road. I can't wait for all of us to see each other again. But whenever you come on, you make the program a better place. And thank you so much for your time and enjoy this series. Well, it's an honor to be with you, Chris. And uh, we need to get Kenny and. Uh, Vin back out on the road as well. We miss seeing those guys and miss seeing you as well. So thanks so much, Chris. Take care. Be well and be safe. You too, my friend. Great Tom Hamilton of the Cleveland Indians. Swung on and belted. One of the best home run calls of all time. What a good guy. You know, he called Big Ten football for years. He's had a pretty incredible career. Can you imagine what his home run? I, I have to go back and find it because I didn't hear it. I only heard Joe Buck's version. Can you imagine what his call would have been when Rajay Davis hit the ninth inning home run in the oh, I game seven of the World Series against the Cubs? <laughs> going ballistic. But you love that. You know, that. I mean, that that's these guys that are, 
you know, think about what everybody says about Bill King. You know, think about what people now say about Ken Korak. You know, the voices of your team, they're, they, they, they stick with you forever. I mean, think how many people over the years, New York to L.A., Vin Scully. You kidding me? That's why it's so big to be the voice of a team. Because generations grow up with you. What's up, Franny? What's up, dude? How are you? How you been? Oh, I'm, I'm so good. And usually this number that calls me is not from Boston. It's from New York. So it's a little <laughs> messed up around here. It's our millennial <laughs> technology is what, what, what we're dealing with. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up? So uh, trading deadline, you guys aren't in first place. All of a sudden now you're in first. You've won eight in a row. People got to be jacked up right now in Philadelphia. Yeah, winning World Series now. It went from fire sale to World Series in a week. So, uh, you know what? It, it's it's awesome just to see the vibe around the city change. It, Eagle season has started. We already know that. It started back in, uh, oh, when the season ended for the Eagles. And it's, I think, the other teams here in Philadelphia that need to change their minds. And, and finally, the Phillies are changing their minds. And uh, they're playing good baseball. It's not playing great. I wouldn't say they're sitting here and, and lie to you and say they're playing great baseball, but they're playing winning baseball. Uh, when they need to, um, and they're beating the teams that they need to at the right time. Um, and I think that's, that, that's the biggest thing. Are you shocked by the tailspin of the Mets? You know, I, a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked. They obviously have the pitching, and they've all, you know, like everybody, they've all been hurt. Um, Lindor was not great offensively. He was starting to turn around when he got hurt. Um, and, and then you add in the Javi Baez. And I, I just think that it, it's shocking because it, it's happened so quick. Um, you know, and DeGrom going down, it's happened so quick. Um, there's no right time in, in sports for any injury. I get that. But again, we're, we're talking about, you, you know, you're, you're asking about, you know, us and you're talking about the Mets and the team that I've all, said all along that, no, you know, we're not going to be talking about, especially because the Cunha goes down are the Braves. And the Braves are doing what the Braves do, and that's win. And so if I'm the Phillies, it's, it's making sure, you know, you're not looking ahead. You're not looking behind. You're looking right in front of you. And that's the main thing. Look right in front of you at that game that day because if you, if you start worrying about, like, what's going to happen ahead, uh, that's when teams pass you by, and that's the break. Well, I'll tell you what. The trading deadline and what that did for our clubhouse – was oh. amazing. Talk about the trade deadline where uh, the Phillies said, we're in this thing and we're, and we're going for it. What did that do for, for this clubhouse? I it, it inspired them, number one. Number two, uh, they got better as far as who they got, you know, and, and giving up Spencer Howard for Kyle Gibson two years or at least, a, you know, a, a, a year and, and two months, um, I think was a great trade. Uh, based on what Kyle has done, what Ian Kennedy has done, I think you know you're looking at, at, at two trades right there that that matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, the the one that's going to go sneaky under everything is because of uh, you know he's not the prototypical. Everyone's like, oh man, Freddie Freddie Galvis that that that's the one that I'll point to because what he has done since he's been here, and that is not play one single pitch. Not one single pitch, but he is the Pied Piper in that, in, in that uh, dugout. Guys are following him. 
he's one of the, the best young leaders I've ever been around. Uh, and I knew, knew him when he was 20. I knew him when he was up in the big league, uh, you know, first came up with the, the Phillies. He has everything that you want as a leader. And to me, that has changed a lot of things. you got a guys that are going to be held accountable now, and you need that. Everybody needs that, you know. And, and you know, for the what, what Starley Marte is going over to with, with, with the A's, like his talent can just play. Well, there's all leadership already there, you know, and, and he can just go out and play and not have to do anything other than that. And that's a big thing. Well, you know, Freddie to me reminds me a lot of Johnny Gomes. You know, where a guy yeah. comes in and has that presence and immediately is the leader and everybody understands veteran guys. You know, we, 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 we in baseball, we talk so much about data, but leadership and you can talk to it in your great career. Uh, leadership means so much. Somebody's got to, as you said, hold people accountable and somebody has to lead the human being. Yeah. So it could be. It- so many different ways to lead, right? By example, by by voice, by voice and example. If you, you got the best player that proves it, like a Mookie Betts, right? That proves it every day out in the field, the way he preps, does all that. And then you could be a voice in the clubhouse. That's, you know, that, that that's icing on, on, on top. But it's the clubhouses that has the uh, the leader that is just a, a point. And then, you know, like, oh, well, he makes the most money, so he's the leader. No, that's not how it is. Leadership doesn't mean that you are the most, you're the best player or the most paid player. Leadership is a guy that you, you know, that, that goes out every day to understand, you know, that doesn't take a day for granted, that prepares to win and does everything on the field and off to win. And, you know, with the, the main focus of being your, your organization, well, Freddie's that way. And I, I totally agree with you. People go, oh man, look at him. He goes to a new team. He's like, no, because that's who he's going to invest in. He's going to invest in, those 24 guys, now 25 guys on these rosters, uh, you know, to, to, to make that. And I, and I think that's the, one of the most, if not the greatest need in any clubhouse is that, is that type of leader. Bryce Harper is right in his prime. There's no question about it. 28 years old. He's in his prime. He's hitting over 300. He's hitting bombs. Uh, would you say he's the favorite for the MVP right now in the National League? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think so. And, and the reason why I say that is uh, what Fernando Tatis had done before he'd been hurt. I get it. He's still hurt. But it's pretty loud in what he did. Now, if Bryce leads his team and they win the East, I, I mean, how could you fault that? I, I think that, you know, they're jumping on his back. He's doing a lot of great things. Uh, but I can't, I can't sit there and say he's the favorite because, he's you know, this is – you can say these numbers have been going on for a while, but it hasn't been, you know, a very loud, all this stuff. And he's starting to make everything loud. When things get loud for Bryce, as far as bat, homers, uh, just the, the, everything around the winning, uh, then, then, then you do have a consistent, you know, favorite in the MVP. But to me, like, Hadiz has done a, a, a ton. You can't fault that. Uh, but again, battle of attrition. If he can't get back on there, then maybe he is. Yeah, because that's the thing for me. It's like you start looking at the National League West, and the Padres are in third place. He's not healthy. I, You know, when Tatis is playing, obviously he's a dynamic talent. But if you can't be on the field, how are you going to be the MVP? Your greatest, your greatest ability could be your availability, right? It has to be it. And uh, for him, I look, every time that he goes down, it's unfortunate for the game. Not just only the Padres, but for the game. Because what he does and who he is. 
Um, that, that, is a, that, that is a special ball player. So I think we're all like, it's nothing, not, not saying that you don't want that for Bryce. It's just like, no, but like you see this up and coming talent that you're going like, we don't, we've never seen this. You want that to be. But again, he's hurt all the time. So you don't want this like, what was, what could have been. No, we don't want that with that. Uh, did you hear about uh, your good friend Dean Matson going into the San Jose State Hall of Fame? I did. It's a place he belongs in that hair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that's, you know, I, as I said to him, if people don't know, uh, San Jose State one year played in the College World Series, and they're one of the greatest teams in San Jose State Spartan history, and they're being honored going into the Hall of Fame. And uh, I, I think all those guys deserve it because when you play for a national title, that's some special stuff. Yeah, no, and it's one of those that I've always, I've always said that uh, um, those guys, should have always been inducted well before I was. I mean, because what I did was individual. That was a group effort that no one gave them a chance. And I always felt like I was, I did them wrong by being in there before them. And so I'm beyond excited for everybody, the coaching staff, Coach Ferraro, because we all know he belongs in there without a team. So, it, uh, yeah, it'll be a special time because it's the greatest team to ever play there. No doubt, the 2000 College World Series team. You, you, you are on the Mount Rushmore, though. I mean, I don't think you're Mark Langston, but you are no, on the Mount no. Rushmore. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I, I, if, I'm in, if I'm in the conversation, I'm all, I'm all for it. But you know what? That Mount Rushmore to me, uh, we could put Langston on there and, and, and all that stuff. But for me, and I think you know that, like that 2000 team, that whole team is on there because of what they did for uh, that school. And – I would not be where I am today because that team gave me that. When they got into the College World Series, when they got into the regionals, and I was going to San Jose State, and I was going on all these all-star trips for, for high school stuff. I was going to San Jose State. I became like, whoa, you're going there? It's like They uplifted a lot of confidence in me as a player, and it, it, it started so much. Well, I don't know what the humidity is like right now in Philadelphia. I'll just uh, It's oppressively hot. I'll just let you know, yesterday at uh, Poppy Hills down at Pebble Beach, it was right. 65 and sunny. I, I hate you right now, but I love you at the same time. <laughs> All right, buddy. Can't wait to have you back home. I can't wait. I'll see you, buddy. Have a good call. All right. The great Kevin Franzen, the great San Jose State Spartan, who I believe is still the all-time hits leader at San Jose State. You would know the history of the. I haven't checked the record books, uh, but I think he is still the all-time, and he is a Hall of Famer, by the way, Kevin Franzen. Uh, you would know better than I would. I only know that's a that's a football school to me, so I don't know about their the baseball that's power. Fact. See now, 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 now you're speaking my language. What do we do? We win football games. That's what we do. Uh, I mean, you asked Roxy, and he he pontificated forever, and you'd ask him again. Just he answer the no question. <laughs> Roxy Bernstein wanted no part of that conversation. Who is better, San Jose State or Cal? He wanted no part of that. I mean, what? That why, phony Pac-12, they want no part of us, that phony Pac-12. So we didn't really get a chance to touch on We only have a few minutes left, so I'm just going to bring it up now. Uh, AJ, AJ, Puck's, Puck? AJ Puck's back. Now, the team had a DFA, J.B. Wendelkin. Uh, he sounds like a future Pittsburgh Pirate. I'm, I'm sorry, but he does. Um, I mean, Kai, Kai, Kai Tom was DFA'd, and where'd he go? Pittsburgh. I could just see the Pirates swooping in to take him. Where, 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 where did Fowler go? Fowler. Uh, 
Pittsburgh Pirates. I think the Pirates just released him too. Um, so I can see him going to the Pirates. The Pirates hey, are. You said a long time ago, and somebody's got to give you credit because usually you pat yourself on the back. So I will actually give you credit here. Uh, you said a long time ago, AJ Puck coming out of the bullpen. I mean, this is this is like adding somebody with the waiver wire process, right? You're adding a dynamic arm at this time of the year. If he can just stay healthy, you're talking about 97, 98 coming out of your bullpen from the left side. I mean, that's huge. I, I, I could see him close games out. Yeah, so I, I could see him pitching some serious, some, you know, high leverage innings. Well, so since June 26th in Vegas, because he was struggling when he first got thrown down there, which everyone struggled. Unless you're a hitter, Austin Allen had three home runs last night for, for, for Vegas. He has 17 on the year now. Since June 26, he's allowed four runs with 24 strikeouts. He's had one save in 22 innings pitched. And his velocity, as Melissa Lockhart mentioned, is back up between 96 and 98. But he's apparently he's dropped his arm angle to, from four to six inches, and that was a key to his recent numbers and his velocity increase. And Bob Melvin said today to the media that Puck is likely to provide length out of the bullpen pitching in games where they're either up by a lot or down by a lot. But he could work his way into a higher leverage role if he continues to pitch well. Great. That's all I want to hear, Bob. Like just Sergio Romo is a great example. You go out and you get outs and Bob believes in you, you're going to play. So here's your opportunity. You're not going to be a starter anytime soon because you have not proven that you can stay healthy. But here's your opportunity to come into some games, get outs, and then Bob Melvin will, if he believes in you, you will play. Sergio Romo is one of the great examples of that. At the start of the year when Sergio didn't look great, he wasn't coming in unless the game, unless you were down. Now he's one of Melvin's main guys because he's earned that right. It's a great thing about Oakland. It's a great thing about being an Oakland A. You can earn your way into the starting rotation, Cole Irvin. You can earn your way getting innings. You can earn your way into the lineup. There, there, There's opportunity here. And it's been like that for years. As, as they say with Deion Sanders, the Hall of Famer on the NFL Network, if you ball, you get the call. <laughs> and that's and that's that's a reality. In Oakland, if it under Bob Melvin, if you play well, he'll 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 go to you. He'll give you that opportunity. All right, do we got to get out of here? Yeah, but I'm glad I'm glad he's back. I hope he gets a chance to to stay healthy and prove that he could be a reliable resource out of the bullpen for for them. No offense, I love seeing UC and and these guys come out of the bullpen, but seeing someone different come out and that throws hard is going to be a nice change of pace for for the A's and for the hitters they're facing, especially when you get to face a lot of teams coming up like Texas and the Yankees and the Giants and Seattle. So, Yeah, if you're telling me that 98 miles an hour is coming out of that bullpen, how do you not like that? That's the, if, if, if you've looked at the one thing at the deadline the A's didn't get was a power reliever. They didn't get that. But do they have that with Puck? Can Puck be that guy? I mean, if you got a one-two punch of Puck and Trevino, now you're talking about velocity. All right. I like that. What are we playing? Well, we only got about nine minutes, so I'll, I'll run a couple spots here, and then we'll get you right to Ace Total Access with you. 
All righty. Well, thank you, Cody. That was a fast show. Yeah, same time tomorrow, 2 o'clock, 2 to 3. We're going to have da- uh, Bip Roberts and David Feldman with the top 10 greatest A's and Cleveland Indians of all time. <laughs> <laughs> we were going over this. It's hilarious. Will Adam Rosales make the list? Oh, our boss, uh, the great Delaire, Lawrence, told me, what about Dan, or- Dan Otero? Oh, wow. There's another one for you. <laughs> Rajay Davis. Uh, yeah, he was one. Josh Donaldson. Uh, Nap Lajway, the Hall of Famer, played. He, <laughs> one, did he play one game for the A's or one game for the Indians? One game for the A's. Roger Maris is hey, walking through those doors. <laughs> Roger Maris, when you think great Indians and you think great A's. Who are there? Were some there were some great play. Who who are some of the other guys? Oh, uh, there were so many. Uh, I mean, obviously, people are going to know Eck and and Ray Fossey, but yeah. But Those are the easy ones. Yeah, there was yeah, I, there was a bit you can do it on baseball reference. So I'll pull it up tomorrow for us too. It's a, it's hilarious. Then we did the we started doing the Yankees. I mean, we can go through a whole bunch of teams. Oh. Great Indians slash athletics, the top ten. I guarantee you Foss, our man Fossey will be on there. Jason Giambi. Jason Giambi. <laughs> it's so good. All right, I'll be back at 310 with A's Total Access. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live. A's fans, join us for the biggest music festival in the fall. It's the inaugural Battle Axe and Tracks Music Festival, held October 2nd and 3rd in Carson City, Nevada. Grammy Award nominees Kenny Wayne Shepard, Larkin Poe, Samantha Fish, and North Mississippi All-Stars are just four of the 15 acts. Festival activities also include axe throwing and freedom rail bike tours. Tickets on sale now with VIP two-day and single-day tickets available Check out the full schedule at BattleAxeAndTracks.com. That's BattleAxeAndTracks.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.